0: The reality is, the most important thing to do is to have people in your organization, whether they are security people, whether they are IT people, whether they are business people that just wanna pay attention to this and have them think about it, have it be part of their responsibility.
1: Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. With everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders, With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap. Through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority led, women led, LGBT led, and veteran led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H I R E G R O U N D.io now on to the episode
2: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of breaking barriers building a higher ground my name's adam and as always joined by my co-host chloe today we're going to be welcoming kevin johnson the ceo of secure ideas a company that is made up of well-known security professionals that are focused on helping you improve your security posture through testing kevin is also the host of the shared security show a podcast that explores the trust that people put into technology Kevin, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on today. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kevin. We wanted to, to get you on. We know that there's so much going on in the cyberspace. And as, as small business owners you know that are tackling tons of different things, but yet they want to make sure that they're prepared for clients' requirements, we wanted to have you on to just kind of talk about some of the findings, some of the things that small businesses need to be thinking about, and what kind of information they need to be preparing to 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 present to their clients and and what kind of information they need to be protecting.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, cybersecurity is a huge field. And, and sadly, in most cases, it's exaggerated what people have to do. I talk to especially for small businesses, they're so afraid to look at it because it's such a
2: huge
0: thing. But the reality is in most cases, The things you should do
2: are simple.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So tell us what is Secure Ideas? (laughs) We jump right into this.
2: Just bang like that. Right in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, jump right in. Uh, Secure Ideas is, I I always laugh at this. We're called a boutique consulting firm. My understanding is you're a consulting firm when you have like 2,500 employees. When you have 25, you're a boutique. But we we don't sell flowers. Uh, which is what I've always. Yeah, I
2: was about to say boutique just is corpus beak for small. That's it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right, small. But we're a consulting firm. We've been around in August. Will be eleven years, which is mind-boggling to me. Um, but really, we're just a bunch of nerds that got together and said, "Let's help people get more secure," and we we do that through testing them and consulting. We answer questions, we tell them how to do it. But we basically are hired by companies to look at them as if we were the bad people, like we were evil hackers, right? Um, And then we tell them, okay, you know, like, for example, we broke into an airline and stole 3 million credit card numbers. We gave them back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Of course. Yes. Thank you. And then we go in and say, okay, here's how we did that. And here's how you should fix that. And here's what you do. Um, We don't always have to do the testing part. Quite often with our smaller companies, we're able to talk to them and find out where their problems are and, and point them in the right direction because everybody wants to be more secure. Right. Like everybody, you know, we hear about the breaches, we hear about ransomware and I'm not trying to scare anybody. Right. This is not a ooh scary because uh, no. really um, and we just point them in the right direction. I think I think that's a good way to describe what we are. We have a lot of fun. We we get to play around. Our office is a little weird. Um,
1: well, I see the, the Darth Vader behind you. So yeah, yeah
0: the yes, Darth yes, Vader yes. Is, a, is a little strange. <laughs> he's a wearable costume. Um, All of the costumes in the office are wearable.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, little known fact, Kevin is a member of the 501st Legion. So just... (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually proud of that. We're going to rabbit trail here for a second, guys, but yes.
1: Stay with <laughs> us. Yes, yes.
0: For the people who don't know, the 501st Legion and its sister organization, the Rebel Legion, I'm members of both. Uh, we build screen accurate Star Wars costumes. Vader, uh, Chewbacca is in the corner over there. Nice. Um, and we wear them to events. We wear them to raise money for charity. We visit children. That's in nice. The That's awesome. So, for example, that. This Vader, I've done a 5K. Um, wow. Now, I want to be very clear. I did not say I ran a 5K. <laughs> it was a, a fat, sweaty slog, but I made it the whole 5K. <laughs> oh,
1: I love uh, it. I love to, it.
0: To raise money for an event.
2: You know, you, you said something interesting. I, I will put us back on track now because that's that's my job, right?
1: Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Yes, you do such a good job at that. It,
2: because I was the one that started the whole conversation on the 500 first, too. I thought it was my responsibility to bring us back. So you said something about being professionally evil, right? And if you're in the security business, you hear white hat, black hat thrown around all the time. I like the concept of professionally evil. So kind of talk us through that lens, right? And I think that's a very important thing for people to understand because they hear, oh, my goodness, Kevin stole three million credit card (laughs) records. I mean, (laughs) what's what's his evil plans up to next? (laughs) Well shopping spree but uh, right (laughs) so (laughs) the frequent flyer miles you have now yeah come on
0: Um, yeah so the professional evil slogan i am glad you like it i do too basically the idea is when we evaluate the security of stuff uh you know like i said i've been i've been a nerd for my whole life i got my first job in it uh in 1991 Okay. I'm old and fat and lazy, but when I was in it and I was fixing computers and and running systems and networks and stuff like that, my focus was on how can I make this work? How can I solve the problems of my organization? How do I, (coughs) excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, from a bad guy perspective is what I have to look at things now. Right. So I have to have that evil mindset Mm-hmm. I have to think, right? What what would uh, an evil person do if they were attacking this organization or how would they approach this? But I can't just be evil because my goal, contrary to what a lot of people think, my job is not to hack you. Hacking is how I accomplish my job. My oh. job is to tell you where you should focus to fix things.
1: Right. Where you have vulnerabilities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I have to understand the business, right? right. Because you're, nobody is in business to be secure. Even us, right? We're, our, our goal as a business is to not be secure because we make zero money because we are secure. We make money because we consult, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Your organization, whatever, you know, whoever we're talking to, they're not in business to be secure, being secure or being as secure as possible, because um, is just a part of it. So that's the professionally part, right? So we have to evaluate it based on the business. Because if you're a if you're a, a greeting card manufacturer, your risks, your worries, your concerns are different than if you were a check cashing store or a pawn shop or whatever, right? And so. That's what the professional evil is, is we look at you as if we were evil, but we keep the professionalness in mind. We keep that business thought process. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, absolutely and, love that.
0: And it's also a fun slogan. That's <laughs> a great
2: one. It's, I love it. I mean, that's that's perfect for like a business card or anything like that. That's perfect.
1: It's a great conversation starter too. Like, what exactly. is that? You know,
2: I
0: will tell you, uh, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but we give out stickers right? Like, so we're at conferences or things like that. We give out stickers, we teach classes, we give out stickers. And very often we will get a call from a company and they'll say, Kevin, we want to hire you. I'm like, done. I want you to hire me. And this <laughs> uh, like, is what uh, I'm in business to do. You're yeah, right. I'm a capitalist. Um, and then I ask, like, okay, how did you hear about us? How did you find us? And it always makes me laugh when they say, cause it happens quite often. They'll say, well, we hired a different company last year, last month, last whatever. And when their consultants came in, they, had your logo on their laptop because we're right. We teach the other companies that do what we do Um, and we we give them stickers. And so we actually, because the slogan is so much fun, we have a lot of times where our competitors advertise our services because they like our slogan,
1: but don't tell them. Nice. I love that that. way for marketing to work for you. Love it. So um, when you're evaluating some of these companies Mm -hmm. and having and consulting with them, if you will, what are some of the common mistakes you see companies making when they're trying to to keep information secure?
0: Uh, Easiest one, I will tell you right now, if you have not turned on MFA or 2FA, multi-factor authentication, two-factor authentication, um, you've made the biggest mistake possible go turn it on now. Turn it on everywhere you can. I was right? about like, to say,
2: pause, the, pause this podcast and yes, turn it on stop now. Right now, yeah. go turn it on. Right, and then come, right. but please come back and finish the show.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I've got nothing else good to add. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, but, but that's one of the biggest ones and it's because for so long, two-factor, and for the people who don't know, multi-factor authentication is just, you have a username and a password and another thing. Whether that's a number in an app on your phone, right, that, that changes every 60 seconds. Uh, it could be a text message you get from the site or the system. Um, that's not the greatest security, but it's more security, right? Um, but it, it's just that. And, and the problem is, for the longest time, IT people were told users hate two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication. And so they wouldn't turn it on. They wouldn't force it on. And so oh, have been taught mm. not to use it. <clears throat> and so they don't know. And I'll tell you, as an attacker, if you have multi-factor authentication turned on, you have made my job so much harder. That one change... Prevent so many of the attacks we see today um, that that it's incredible. So that that's the first mistake we see people make. Um, the the second mistake, and it's probably the first mistake I should have talked about, but I didn't, is people assume that security is hard. They assume that they have to hire somebody like me. And and I know I probably should tell you, yes, of course, you have to hire somebody like me. (laughs) Right, yeah. But (laughs) that's not true in most cases. In most cases, you could fix your own security. You could understand how to do it. You, you just by doing some very simple things that the multi-factor authentication, uh, using a different passphrase or password on every site you go to. Um, and, and let me be very clear. Spring 2021 is not a good password, even if you capitalize. Dang, go
1: Dang Kevin, get out of I my know. head. Like how did I you, know. I was like, what is he talking about my passwords? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We actually find quite often that people will use things like spring 2021 because they have to change their password every 90 days. What happens every 90 days? We have a new season. So, right. It's very simple. Uh, oh, oh, they add an exclamation mark at the end and
1: Jesus I mean, you get out of my head I know I'm
0: just telling right you, I,
1: goodness <laughs> yeah. goodness so
0: so my recommendation is use a different password for every system and and I know I I've got I can hear the groans from people right like they're like oh no I can't remember those passwords you don't have to Use a password safe, something like LastPass or 1Password. Uh, there are free versions of these software. There's paid versions of these software. They will memorize your password for you. And that way you can use a different one for every system you work with. Because that's one of the ways we get into companies. We oh, hey, such and such a company got breached and the attacker released all their usernames and passwords. And so we look through it and we're like, okay, we're attacking that company. And in this breach over here was a username and password from a person who works there. Let's go see if they used the same password at work. Oh, they did. Uh, Yay, uh, uh, I'm in. That's what I say is it's not hard to hack, but it's also Uh, not hard to prevent it, right? At some level. Mm -hmm. So true. there, it is impossible to be 100% secure. Like, if somebody ever says to you, pay me and I can make you 100% secure, or pay me and I will give you software that will make you 100% secure, what you need to do is you need to punch that person in the throat as hard <laughs> as <laughs> possible. Okay. And if, if you could also set them on fire, that would be good, <laughs> right? Okay. Because that person's lying. The plain and simple. There is no such thing as 100% secure.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Our job is to just make it a little bit harder each time we do something, make it a little bit harder, a little bit harder, a little bit harder.
2: You know, Kevin, that that makes it sound like, you know, I was a, a police officer in a past life. And that's kind of something that we would say, too, is we can't make a house 100% secure, but yeah. we need to put enough measures inside where the bad guy sits there and goes, eh, I'll go try the neighbor because... This house is, you know, I don't want to take that risk. I'll go to the, the next door neighbor. So really it's not trying to make myself secure as it is trying to make my neighbor look more appealing than me.
0: Yeah, I just have a sign that says my neighbor doesn't have any guns. I, that's what I've got.
2: I like but, that. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, but i go make a, that same yeah. sign myself. Do you remember the club? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And,
0: and I'm not making any judgments of your age, but I know that when I was younger, the club was something available and like, it was like three payments of 1990, whatever. Right. And yes. <laughs> it went on a steering wheel. Do you ever take one of those off of a steering wheel without the key?
2: Mm-mm. I never have. It takes Mm-mm. about
0: 45 seconds.
2: Okay. That's
0: it. Right. Uh, to remove that from a car. But it made your car less likely to be stolen, not because it was so secure, but because the Person stealing cars could look in the window and go, huh, there's a club in there. Let me go over there. And that's right. The, if you have two factor authentication turned on, I'm gonna to try to log into your account. It's gonna ask me for the number from your phone. I'm not gonna have it. And I'm gonna be like, you know what? Let me go to somebody who doesn't have this. And I'm gonna move over to a different account. And and that it's absolutely the same thing. It's it's that simple.
2: That is great. That is, I love it. I absolutely I mean it's it is. It's it's one of those things that we all know better. Right. It's kind of like kind of like dieting almost. We know better, but we just don't do it right until somebody until somebody gets in trouble and you're like, "Uh, maybe I should have been doing it. So, I mean, yeah, it it blows my mind away sometimes. But, you know, Kevin, talk to us a little bit about. So, you know, I'm in corporate and regular in a very regulated industry in the financial sector. Uh, And sometimes our biggest concern is not the bad guys on the outside, but the people who just don't think about it on the inside. And that is probably, I would say, 75 to 80 percent of our biggest risk is our own people inside, not even and not even trying to do anything evil, so to speak,
0: just. You are completely wrong. It is not seventy-five to eighty percent of your risk. It's about ninety-five oh. percent of your risk. There you go, kids. It's <laughs> yeah.
2: even higher than I thought.
0: Yeah. So you have the um, you have the malicious insider, right? Which right. I know right. I heard yeah. you right? Right. A, um, a bad
2: actor who's just gonna do something because that's what yep. they are. Right. At Snowden exists, right? <laughs> right. Um, right. But
0: then you have all those I always laugh and say, you know, everybody who works at Secure Ideas is gruntled. We have no disgruntled employees. They're all <laughs> gruntled. And um, I love that. But people make mistakes. People want to do the right thing. They want to help. Right. And I'll give right. you an example. I'll give you an example. We do uh, social engineering attacks. Customers will hire mm-hmm. us. They'll say, hey, we did a training program. We told people not to fall for tax. Can you test this? And and just just a couple months ago, I was I was out. I can't, I almost said the city, and I can't say where. I was in a city. There you go. Testing a bank. And we went into these bank branches to try to steal stuff. And we were able to... I, one of my favorite pictures, Nathan, one of my principal consultants, he and I were out there. And uh I have this great picture of Nathan sitting in the car that we were driving around in, smiling with a computer in his lap. And uh, the computer was the CEO's desktop computer. I was... <laughs> I went into the bank and I distracted the staff. I basically pretended to be somebody that had just moved in town, was looking to see how to get, you know, how do I transfer my accounts? My wife's not here yet. She's still back home in Jacksonville, but she'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. How do we do this? Right. And very, very helpful people. And while they were being helpful, Nathan went into the back office, Mm. found a room, stole a computer, got out of the building with the computer Um, Mm -hmm. And it's because people want to help. Right. 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 At a different bank than not this test, um, but a different test a few years ago, we actually convinced a security guard to wheel the shred bins, you know, the big locked bins. Yeah. Right. Yes. Got him to help us wheel uh, there were two of us. So with his help, we got six bins and he wheeled them across the street into our hotel and into our hotel room. Like, so it wasn't just, Hey, could you help load this into the truck? No, this dude helped wheel them all the way across the street into our hotel room. We called our contact. We're like, Hey, (laughs) we've got six shred bins in our hotel room. And he went, what? You have, you have what? We we're like we have six shred bins and he's like bring them back
1: <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> okay
0: so we went yeah. back we got the same security guard to come back over and wheel them back into the bank um at no point did this guy say why are we doing this <laughs> like, like yeah. what nice he was just nice. being helpful we gave him a good story we talked to him right same thing right people fall for stuff and and that's that's the biggest that's the biggest hurdle is users staff people we have been raised from a young age to be helpful we've been told right if there's a problem we should try to fix it we should help um and so the the attackers all they have to do is give you a good enough story and and you're going to try to help them and it's made worse online because sadly has been proven over the last few years, uh, people don't know how to question what is shown on their screen, right? They're presented with something and it must be true because it's in this email or it's on this Facebook post or it's whatever, right? And and so (coughs) people fall for this all the time. It's really, really sad. And, And the answer to it is one, Unless the person like that security guard who wheeled bins, that guy needed to be fired because he was dumb.
2: Right. That's a risk. That's a big (laughs) risk.
0: Yeah. Come on. Your entire job is to prevent things from leaving this building and you helped carry it. Right. But in most cases, my recommendation is don't don't punish the person. Don't penalize the person for doing this. Right obviously they, they felt for something. This is an education <laughs> problem. This is an awareness That's problem. A huge like, risk. Right. Yeah. Um, talk to them about why, what, what procedures do you have in place? Like talk about financial services, right? You get an email that says transfer this money from this account to that account, there should be procedures that you have in place to control yeah. that to prevent. Right. If the, if the, if the staff member doesn't follow the procedure, find out why, what, 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 caused you right like there's a reason absolutely possible the reason was the person's malicious and they wanted to help somebody steal that person needs to get fired but most of the time it's just oh hey we had this thing happen okay that's the way around the procedure let's fix that thing let's right instead of being eric did this bad thing it's okay find out why eric fell for that trick what what is And then put the controls in around that. That's that's the other thing that people need to look at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And most people are pretty they want to be good. And most people, I think innately, like, you know, are very trusting until you kind of give them a reason to not trust you. And so if you already have this sort of trusting, authoritative, you know, air about you, which you do, Kevin, then I could see people being like, oh, sure. Sure, I'm sure he knows exactly what yeah. to do. I'll just do exactly how far what he do you want to push yes. bin full? Yes. Of no yes. problem.
0: Why would the guy ask for that if he wasn't supposed to get those
2: shred bins? Exactly. <laughs> right. Who wants shred bins? So, but I think that brings up an interesting point, right? So, I know personally, I, I can't speak for the security guard because I wasn't in his mind, but he's probably like, it's shred bin. You can't do anything with shreds. It's you know, came through with a secure shredder. Right. So talk to us a little bit about some of the misconceptions. So shredding. And, you know, the other one I was thinking about too is we all love, I'm going to hold up my phone here. We all love the face, you know, right? Face recognition and then biometrics. Right. So talk to us about that. I think a false sense of security of like, well, nobody can replicate my face. Nobody can replicate my hand. Right. Nobody can take this shred machine that created all this confetti and use anything I just put in it.
0: So one to be very clear, nothing is shredded in that shred bin. The shred bin is
2: then taken to be. That's shredded. right. That's then taken to like right. like an iron mountain or somebody like that. And but, they but d- I
0: want to be very clear. Your mistake is a common one. People think the minute it goes in that bin, oh yeah, that's that's the shred
2: that's bin. Trash. That's it's, red it's red no trash. is going through that. that. Yeah.
0: Right. Like your. I love your your question because your question is exactly the problem. Is that people? There's this assumption. Right. But, but, uh, okay. So biometrics and, and face recognition. You're absolutely right. I can't fake your face. Um, I will point out I'm an identical
2: twin. That's true. We, you guys can't see it, but Kevin and I are identical. Chloe yes, has no idea who to totally talk to. Identical. Thank goodness our names are at the bottom of these squares. <laughs>
1: yes. Thank God. Yeah. Otherwise, I would be seriously confused. Yes.
2: Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. We sound exactly alike too.
1: <laughs> but the reality
0: is, okay, let's pick on your phone. Um, I didn't notice, uh, was, was it an Android?
2: It was not. It is, it, it, it is an iPhone. iPhone.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. so iPhone has face recognition. Um, yep. When you set up your iPhone and you set up face recognition, you also set up a pin.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, the you do. The pin bypasses face recognition. If I know the uh, pin, it doesn't matter. Kink.
1: That's yep. so right? true.
0: I, and, and most people don't think about that, is that the, face, the, fa- the facial recognition is not the only thing to get into the phone. There's, you also probably have a fingerprint that is on that phone. Mm-hmm right? Yep. So yep. I've now named three different ways to get into that phone. Only, only two of which would I have to figure out like, oh, I could put this super glue down and make a fingerprint
2: that like, Right. It becomes an Ocean's 11 scene all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, but let's be clear. I'm not going to do that. And here's why I'm not going right.
2: to do it. I will bet you that on your phone,
0: there are a number of applications that are allowed to be interacted to from the lock screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have access to part of your phone at the very least without unlocking it. On some people's phones, that's just a camera or whatever. Okay, no big deal. But on other phones, it's, I, I, I know people who have entire note-taking apps that have full access to the underlying file system on the phone that are accessible via the lock screen because it's easier for them, right? They're able to very quickly, oh, I gotta take a note, blah, 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 blah. I don't wanna unlock it. I don't wanna do this. So let me give it access to the phone. Okay, so I just figure out what apps are allowed to be launched without that. Um, The other thing I can do is I can get you to tell me what the pin is to your phone, right? I, so you have an iPhone. Uh, there's a chance that you're a Verizon customer, right? So I'm going to call you and pretend to be Verizon and tell you that we found your phone, but to verify it, we have to unlock it. And what's your PIN, right? And and I know that me saying that to you, you're going to be like, I'm not going to fall for that, but people do. Absolutely, <laughs> right? they do. I, yeah, we. One of the things we get people to do all the time, not on phones, on their desktops, when we when we call them. We will say to them, "What's your password?" And sometimes they'll tell us their password, um, which is bad. Don't do that. But here's what a lot of thank you for that tip. Yes, yeah. Don't tell tell me your password. Um, But here's what a lot of people do: they'll say, "I can't tell you my password. It's secret." And I'll be like, "No, you're right. It's you're right. It's secret. I'm so sorry. I forgot. We used to ask people their password. We're not supposed to. Good on you for not telling it to me. Um, Can you just do me a favor? I need you to to lock your workstation." and then unlock it we've pushed a configuration change down and the only way to get that to activate is for you to to lock your screen and unlock it. could you do that right now while we're on the phone and they will and here's the thing because you've been talking to them about their password they will actually say their password out loud under their breath as they type it and you're on the phone with them and you just listen (laughs) it's that so and you'll hear them they'll be like
2: fascinating s3
0: right and they'll they'll say their password out loud. And if you if you tell them they did it, they will insist they did not say their password out loud. And it's like, no, actually you did. I heard your password. It's this, right? No, how did you know my password? Because you just said it out loud, <laughs> you, right? And the other reason for that is because we make people pick these passwords that are so- You just weird, said it. Right? Um, like the one I was saying out loud, which is capital b 4s three. H uh, at symbol one exclamation mark. That sounds like a really secure password, doesn't it? Um, it's not. It spells the word baseball, um, which is already too short, but also, right, it's a word. It just has, like, instead of an A, there's an at symbol, right? Like, that's, it sounds secure. Um, yeah, that's what we find out.
1: So, you know, I'm curious, like, how can a business owner just like be sure that they're putting their trust in the right sort of, you know, their data and their information and you know, in the right hands when they're I mean, working I'll, with different no, no. <laughs> <laughs> when I, they're working I, with different I, vendors or even when you decide to purchase a service yes. online that may even, you know, I mean, it's just how do you proactively sort of evaluate services and solutions that you're you're gonna use? Uh,
0: one of the things I ask people, ask them right? If you're about to hire a company, if you're about to sign up for an online service, say to them, hey, who's testing you? Who, what type of, Um, when we do a, uh, it's called a penetration test. Uh, When we do the full bore, go hack that company and find their problems. That's called a penetration. Um, That's a weird synopsis of it. There's a, Formal definition, don't, don't quote me on that one, but um, <clears throat> we give them what's called an attestation letter. And the attestation letter is a letter that basically says, hey, we tested their security and they did well, or they didn't do well or whatever, um, right? That letter is designed to be given to potential customers <clears throat> as its own entire purpose. <clears throat> and if you say to a company, hey, we wanna use your service and we wanna know how, how did your last security assessment go? And they, they like, oh, uh, don't use that. <laughs> right? Like I, if they don't know how to answer that question, that means they've not done a security assessment. And, and right. so right. Yeah. Don't, don't work with them and make it clear to them. That's why you're not working with them. I don't trust you for security. Um, then look at what they say in their contract they will do if there is a breach right? A lot of companies, what they do is they basically say, not my issue. If we're breached, you just suck, right? Like that, no big deal, but say, okay, you know, I'm trusting you with my data. I'm trusting you with my customer's data, right? Cause I'm using you as a business. Um, What happens if you get hacked? Are you going to tell me? Are you going to, right? And if their answer is, oh no, we don't talk about that kind of stuff, go somewhere else. I'm dealing right now with my insurance provider because My the company that offers cyber liability insurance that we pay for cyber liability insurance was breached, and they've not notified us yet that they were breached. The way we know they were breached was it was in the news, (laughs) and I reached out to my insurance agent who happens to be across the street, um, (laughs) like for for close you know uh, irrelevant but funny in my mind. Um, I reached out to my agent and said, Hey, Michelle, you know, I heard that CNA was breached. Is that true? What do we know? And her answer was she's not been notified. So, so we have a, we have an insurance company whose job it is, is to offer cyber liability insurance. And my policy with them says that if I'm breached and I don't tell my customers, they won't cover the breach. Right. Yet they've not told me, they've not told my agent. Right. And, and it's public information that CNN, uh, it was in the news. So I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not revealing anything. I'm not supposed to reveal. Right. But we're going to be looking for a new insurance company because that tells me right, not that right, they were breached. Right. The fact that we're breached, it happens. Right. It Everybody, happens. Yeah. right. My company was breached. Right. We were hacked. Uh, we had a training site and somebody compromised it. Right. And we announced it. You can go out to our blog and read what happened and how we found out about it and what we did. Right. So it's not that CNA was breached that I'm bothered by. It. It's the fact that they're not telling their customers, and that that and that's the other thing. If you're a company and you've been hacked, right off the bat, one don't be embarrassed. It happens. Like everybody, I don't want to curse, but I, you know the work phrase I'm trying to right, say, right? Right. Things happen. Things right?
1: happen.
0: <laughs> right. I, so deal with it. Be as open as possible. Hey, look, this is where we messed up, and we're working to make it better. And here's how we're fixing this problem. That goes a long way. So to me, I, that was a long answer to ask, right? Because there is no one source that says, here's a company that's okay. Here's a company that's pretty dang good. And this one sucks, stinks, right? There isn't that type of thing. There's no Yelp review for security. Um, and maybe there should be, I don't know, but I don't think Yelp reviews are that great. Uh, so, but ask, Make it make it part of your sales process. Your purchasing process. And if you find that they're not answering correctly, like I said, and I want to reiterate it, make it clear to them that security is why you went elsewhere. Because the only way to get companies to pay attention to security is for it to hit their bottom line. We're not going to fix security if we don't gotta. You're still going to pay me, right? I I always laugh and say, you know, people still shop at Target. People still use Comcast as their internet provider. Both of those companies were happy.
2: Equifax is still providing customer ratings. Yeah, you don't want to get me started on that one. That one's a rant. I
0: uh <laughs> so, Boy, I so
2: we have a up.
0: we have a company that collects a bunch of data about us and then charges us to tell us the only data back about us, and somehow we've accepted that as normal. Um that's almost as bad as how many politicians think they're our leaders, not our representatives. But I those are two rants for me. Um,
2: <laughs> it's a podcast for another time.
1: Uh, yes, 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 yes. Well, if we if we go back to the the CNA example, do you feel like Like maybe the reason, you know, your rep wasn't notified and maybe you weren't could be that there is not enough security professionals that, you know, they have within the organization or, you know, I I mean, and maybe and maybe that's not the issue with them, but maybe it is for so many companies. And I think security, I mean, cyber security and, and breaches is one of those things that I feel like is changing all the time and advancing and there's new tools you know, can you just kind of talk to us about the importance of having, you know, a, a well-abled, capable security team within your organization or at least a consultant if you are a small business? I'm,
0: I'm gonna give you the wrong answer. I'm gonna give you the answer that people don't like. Because what you just described, it as a security consultant, I love your answer. Hire security people, and I know one, <laughs> I like
1: yes, them, yes Right, yes, yes, yes. right. I'm right. a little
0: biased. I, I am John Strand is a good friend of mine, and I, that that's a name that might not mean anything here, but in the information security field, John is a god. He is, he is one of the sets of shoulders the rest of us stand upon. Right, mm-hmm. John, the guy is amazing, and uh, <clears throat> he always says he's bad at capitalism and so am I, Um, I would love to tell you that the right answer is hire security consultants and our rate is 250 an hour and you can reach us and and please sign a contract, right? But the reality is the most important thing to do is to have people in your organization, whether they are security people, whether they are IT people, whether they are business people that just wanna pay attention to this, and have them think about it. Have it be part of their mm-hmm. responsibility. And, and yes, there are you know there are consultants. Uh, you may not know the right answers. Okay, great. Then reach out, email me, ask me. Right. right. Uh, and that's not mm-hmm. a that's not a buy from me. I am willing to answer questions. I'm willing to help point people in the right direction with without an invoice attached. Now, mm-hmm. now obviously at a certain point, if you're asking for hours and hours and hours of, of work yeah then we're gonna have to talk about uh, a, a statement of work and because you know it's so unreasonable my staff they expect a paycheck every two weeks I, so, unreasonable. <laughs> so unreasonable and yeah. they want benefits and health and oh man, it's just ridiculous and um, <laughs> but um <clears throat> um the the reality is you don't need a security team you need people who are thinking about security um, because you said, well, the tools change all the time. You're absolutely right. The tools change all the time. But but let's be blunt, right? This week, my staff are working on multiple. We do multiple tests at a time because there's 25 of us. So we're we're able to do multiple things at once, which is kind of nice. <clears throat> none of the attacks that were successful this week or last week, and I'm just looking at the two weeks, right? The, the week and a half we're at right now. None of those attacks were fancy. None of those acts required new knowledge. One of the companies we're testing, and and I obviously will not name names, one of the companies we're testing, they have vulnerabilities that were announced, patches that were released that they have not applied from 2014. This company is not insecure because they don't have security people. They're insecure because they're not fixing the things they're told are wrong. For I mean, the way I do math, that was seven years ago, <laughs> right? And and you found out about a patch seven years ago, and it's a Windows machine which will automatically patch itself if you tell it to, right? Like, and I'm not saying that's the right answer. I'm just saying it could, if, if you're just not capable of patching your stuff, tell the machines to do it for you, right? So they have vulnerabilities that have existed for seven years they're not worried about the latest and greatest. They're not worried about that cool new attack that has a fancy name and and a tool that was released last week in Reno at Wild West Hacking Fest, right? what they should be worried about is stuff that you know i was a teenager when it came out and I, the example i gave i was not a teenager in 2014 but i was i have not been a teenager since 20 1991 i'm old but uh, um, that's what people are worried about they're not maintaining their own systems they're not like and, and if we it's really bad with small companies because you go to these small companies and they're one they think well you know Nobody's attacking us. Yeah, of course they're attacking you, right? You have data, you have important stuff, you have bandwidth they can abuse, right? Um, We hear all the time, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a small doctor's office. Nobody would ever attack me." Of course they would. Yeah, right. Insurance identity theft is one of the biggest identity thefts out there, right? We worry about credit card numbers. Forget your credit card number. What about your health insurance? Let me let me ask you a question. Uh, Tell me. If somebody went to a doctor and convinced the doctor that they were you, Chloe, and they did medical stuff, they got health benefits, right? They did all this kind of stuff. Tell me how you would find out they had done that.
2: I was about to say that actually happened to us. Yeah, that actually happened to Christy, and we had. It's a the, trick the, the, question. Well, I found it on the medical explanation of benefits. I was going to say. I actually read my EOB one day, and I was like, "How come we're like almost to our maximum for the year?" Which I was happy about. I was like, "Oh, this is great! My cost just went down." But we went back, and it was a small hospital out of like Asheville, North Carolina, right? And we were. I was like, "Well, I don't think you've gone to Asheville. I've been with you for the past month, (laughs) right?" But okay, so here's the problem. You read your EOB. I used to work at Blue Cross.
0: I've never read my EOB. I'm, <laughs> so, I, but okay, so that's one way. But here's the problem. If I go to the hospital and I pretend to be you, I can change the address.
1: Yeah, you can change all that email. That's why I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's why I was stumped because it's like you provide that information on those documents. And so they could essentially put anything that they want on there.
0: Anything. And here's the next problem. Okay. Adam, yeah, did you say Christy? It happened to Christy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens when Christy goes to the next appointment and her medical records have been updated that she's allergic to penicillin or that, right? Cause the doctor just going to say, Hey, your records say you're allergic to penicillin. No, I'm not. Nope. Sorry. You're, we're mm-hmm. not giving you this or, or they remove Right. Like this is there, there is no central place to find out if somebody's using your benefit. I can go to Equifax as much as we can rant about that. Right. I can go to Equifax and find out that somebody took a mortgage in my name. I can't go to Blue Cross and find out that somebody is doing insurance in my
2: name. There is because no of the HIPAA
1: place. laws, like they just probably don't give you a lot of that information. No, because they don't have it.
2: Right. Ugh. Blue Cross. Yeah, Blue Cross is a series of Blue Cross companies. There's not one central, right? Right, one one central. So they have
1: their own yeah. sort of PL and yep. e- yep. from state to state. Got it, got yep. it. Right. So Adam
0: was lucky that the the attacker, because that's what they are. Whether they did right. it on purpose, whether it was a mistake, whether it was you know somebody who didn't have benefits and then s- bought an identity so that they could use the benefits, mm. right? Whatever it was, Adam was lucky that they didn't go and change that data, and he right. was a out about it, right? That's rare, and people don't know. They don't think about it, and and they the answer of well, they they've already gotten partway through my deductible. That's awesome. Yes, I agree. I'd love somebody to pay my deductible for me, I, <laughs> but it's all the other ramifications, right? What happens if they were one? They did one of the services that you only get three visits of that type of year, or, well, I don't know your insurance, right?
2: And when it's not an insurance No, but dollar. you're right. There are those limits that are built in. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then you go back to the insurance company and you're like, hey, that wasn't me. And the insurance company's like, well, you know, we paid it out. It was you, <laughs> right? You have to think. That's why I say is as a small business, as somebody doing stuff, just think about security. This is that professionally evil mindset, right? Because, I'll pick on Adam here, right? And uh, fine, everybody right? does. Everybody <laughs> picks on me too. So I have to take the advantage, to take pick on somebody else. Right? <laughs> Adam and I looked at the same exact occurrence. Somebody using his wife's health insurance. I'm assuming mm-hmm. wife, sorry. It, uh, it, it, awesome. That's
2: that's a good assumption. Yeah. Okay. Um, somebody
0: <laughs> used his wife's benefits. His perspective was awesome. Deductible is met. My perspective is: what other data did they change? What, right? And that's the professionally evil thing, right? That's what I do if I did this.
2: So, you know, Kevin, coming kind of coming up on the close of this, and I think we could talk to Kevin for hours. And
1: oh my, he gosh, might come back yes. for a
2: part two. You never know, guys. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> Anytime
1: you
0: guys
2: want. You know, to. we've been we've been talking about cyber, 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 cyber. But you mentioned something earlier. And I want to go back to it real fast, and that's physical security right? Your mm. your associate walked out with a laptop. People don't realize that the stuff you leave on your desk. I actually had somebody at a conference say, do you know, because I don't take notes in my laptop. I'm old school. I have notebooks all over the place. That's how I keep I my notes. Too. That's how I reference everything. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody say to me, do you know how much somebody would pay for that notebook in your hand right now? Mm. And I, that stopped. I stopped and thought about that. I was like, whoa, I hadn't thought about that. But you know, our security teams are always like, Keep your desks tidy, keep stuff off your desks, keep your laptop locked. Talk to us a little bit about physical, security because what people don't realize in corporate America, when we come do a risk rating on you, so Kevin talked about you know reaching out to people you're gonna do business with and saying, hey, what are you doing for security? Well, guess what? Yeah. In the banking industry, we reach back to you and go, hey, what are you doing for security before we do business with you? And one of those things is, we'll come and do a physical security check. We will send auditors out there and they will see who's using passcodes. Who's, letting, who's opening doors for other people that aren't wearing badges? Talk to us a little bit about physical security, because that's the second component in overall security and cybersecurity. People don't necessarily connect.
0: Oh, physical security. If I can get physical access to stuff, it doesn't matter how great your password is. It doesn't matter if I can walk out with a laptop. I, um, I own a FedEx uniform. They're, they are 40 bucks on eBay. Um, to buy a FedEx uniform and every one that I've purchased, it's actually funny. The last one I purchased, I had to buy one because I ripped my FedEx uniform jumping a fence. Um, ah, story for I another day. Case. And uh, so I'm a fat guy, so I don't jump fences as well. And I got over the fence, but I ripped the shirt. So I bought a new one and it was delivered by UPS, which I giggled for about an hour that UPS was delivering my FedEx uniform. But um, we will actually walk into buildings with a FedEx uniform on and pick up things, slide them into empty FedEx boxes and walk. The number of times I go into organizations and their machines are unlocked and they're not at their desk, their phone is sitting like, oh, I've, I've got a charger on my desk for my phone and my phone sits in it, right? And the number of times I'll walk up to a desk and there'll just be a phone sitting there and the phone will be unlocked or the computer will be unlocked. There'll be files all over the place. It's ridiculous. Um, the key this is a two factor token to to get into things we see these sitting around all the time we can pick them up and use them uh people don't think about that with they there's some concept that at this desk nobody will mess with my stuff but if you think about it in most offices my office is weird we we have a lock on the door downstairs it's not open to get into the building you have to be escorted right um and and we're pretty strict about that, mainly because we're security jerks, right? But um, right. <laughs> we walk into organizations all the time, and, and you with the financial services, I'm sure you've done the same, right? You walk into an org and you just look around. It's like, okay, there's sensitive documents. There's sensitive docs. There's a file cabinet that has a lock, but it's open. There's <laughs> right there. All of this stuff, people trust. They, if they're even thinking about it at all, um, the, here in the south I, I live in in northeast Florida and and I don't know if you know this but in Florida you go north to get south right because South Florida really is New York or Canada depending on which part of South Florida you're in
2: that's true. and
0: uh right and then you move north in Florida and all of a sudden it's you know the good old boys and so and I was born and raised in South Florida so I'm allowed to make fun of Florida there. and uh, <laughs> that's that's the rule <laughs> uh, but you know, people just want to help. You know, I was always taught to hold the door, right? Somebody's coming, you open the door, you let them in, right? Um, and, and people are like, oh, I left my badge at home, right? Um, oh, yeah. No, no. Nope. <laughs> Go over there. Talk to the security guard. Do this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Physical security is just as important. Just think about it, right? It, 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 nothing that we talk about. I want to be very clear about this. Nothing we talk about is difficult. It's yeah. just means you need to be thinking about what, right? what's going on. That's all.
1: Well, this has been so helpful. it great. So this has been a great insightful. conversation. I mean, this, it's a lot for us to think about. I think it's a lot for our listeners to think mm-hmm. about. And, you know, I think uh, we need to be more proactive, especially now that we are doing more and more post-COVID. We're doing more and more yep. online and thinking yep. about how secure our information is you know sort of the procedures that we have in place with our employees and protocols mm-hmm. and 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 maybe looking at you know should we update them since mm-hmm. our return to work and everything looks so different now
0: well i mean how many how many of your employees are working at home on their yes. personal wireless using their personal computer connecting in this stuff right and yeah. and do you even have the authority yeah. to lock that down do you have the control to to see They're leaking data by accident or on purpose, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot to think about and and it's scary. And that's why I want to be clear because one of the problems with the security industry is it tries to sell a lot on what we call FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Right. Um, yep. if yes. I can scare you, you'll hire me, which is a horrible way to do sales. For some reason, InfoSec, that's the biggest way people do it. And I hate it.
2: It is. I, yeah.
0: it oh yes, it makes me so angry. We shouldn't be trying to scare our customers because, like I said, nothing that I do is that hard. I it really isn't. Um, and, and like I like, you know, I'd love to be able to say, Nope, nope, you gotta hire somebody like me, but it's just some simple changes. It's behavioral changes, which I know those aren't hard. I'm a fat guy. I understand how hard it is to change behavior. If you think about it, if you're just aware it's a risk, if you if you know that there are bad people out there going after you, not be paranoid, but just think things through, right? Yeah. One of the things I say to people all the time, if somebody walked up to you at the mall and said what they said in that email, would you click the link they gave you? <laughs> no, if yeah. if, I like that. if yeah. the answer is no, don't do it in the email. Right. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, you know, it, think about it. That's all.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like put your thinking cap on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. really, that's that's the first step and probably yep. a, a big step. So, oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kevin.
0: Thank you for having me on. I, I had a blast. And, and if you ever want to ask me questions, like I said, just me an email. We're, Absolutely.
1: We're all- Absolutely. You can follow Kevin on LinkedIn at Kevin Johnson and keep up to date with all of what's happening with Secure Ideas at www.secureideas.com. Also be able, be sure to check out Kevin's podcast, The Shared Security Show, to learn more about how you can keep your tech, your information, and your people safe. Thank you again so much, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you.